And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Well, gentlemen, it's nice to have you here this week. And um, last week we were talking a little bit about government imposing uh, its standards upon us and uh, the gradual chipping away of our rights and freedoms here in America. Uh, We were very concerned, and we closed on a rather serious note. Uh, I guess this week that kind of uh, brings us into the whole area of culture, and um, we we would do well to step back and take a look at culture. Sometimes we hear the term multiculturalism. Sometimes we will hear uh, people advocating a diversity in various realms of life, and uh, what is the Christian perspective of culture, I guess is the question on the table today. So uh, who would like to get us started? Uh, I'll start uh, talking about culture. It's an interesting word. Uh, It comes, of course, from the word cultivate, tilling the soil, and uh, we talk about culture. What what does it mean? I, I got a wonderful uh, understanding of it, if not exactly a definition of culture, uh, from uh, the late Richard Niebuhr in his book Christ and Culture, which he says that culture is that secondary environment that we lay on top of nature. Hmm. And what he meant by that was is that we we are born into the world, uh, we were made, put in the garden, and we build it and construct it a certain way. How do we do it? Well, we can build a secondary environment that is glorifying to God and is obedient to to his revealed will, or we can build uh, in such a way that we are actually opposed to what is true and good and beautiful, or in this sense opposed to God. And I think that's exactly what we have uh, on the Babylonian plains there. You have uh, the Tower of Babel at Babylon, And the reason God scattered them is because they were building an environment or a culture Mm -hmm. in opposition to him. That's true. And they wanted to make a name for themselves, I remember. It was was not theocentric, but it was anthropocentric. uh, anthropocentric, That is based on human beings and sinful human beings, egoistically driven. To consider how that uh, one of the things that God did was to confound their languages and so you can picture this uh, brick builder saying, uh, hey, send me more mortar, and the other guy on the f- ground not knowing a thing that he's saying. And yeah. uh, that's kind of an interesting aspect, too, of um, the need for being able to communicate one to another and how far should we go in terms of advocating a diversity of languages within a particular culture. And diversity of culture, in this sense, is not bad either. No. It's kind of kind of rooted in right. language and uh, habits right. and mores of a people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the problem today, though, is bigness in one sense, big government. Yes. Or in some cases, believe it or not, in June and July when denominations and churches have their annual big, – big church. Yes. Big everything. It, yes. it has – we grant power to things, and they have the power then to intrude into our lives. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that we see in the cultures when they were scattered, then you saw God calling Abraham out, and you see the growth of a theocentric culture through his family, 
and as the growth of the family then became a nation, and there we have the Judeo-Christian culture that that grew up in that whole mm-hmm. sense, which was looking to God uh, for the blessings and the help, and of course, eventually him sending Jesus Christ, which transformed all of society at that time. And one of the things you do see is cultures, that has determined so much of culture. I I teach a class at a Christian school, and I drew a big timeline out, and I says, okay, here we we start creation. We, We end with... The judgment, Jesus' second coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the what's the most basic thing in the center of this history? Well, of course, it's the coming of Jesus Christ. And then I say, okay, what's the second most? Mm-hmm. And then that, of course, is the Reformation. And when you see what happens after the Reformation with the growth of science, with the growth of freedoms, with the growth of, of uh, so many things within uh, our culture, we see the the tremendous growth of this Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. culture. To be fair, Mark, I agree with you, but uh, it is a matter of perspective whether the Reformation is to be included in that or not, but I do agree with you. <laughs> there may be some of, oh, our, I list- know there be there may some. Be some of our listeners who say, no, it's the Middle Ages or uh-huh. or whatever, or the early church, as in the Eastern Orthodox tradition. Well, well, the thing was the early church w- was there, but you see what happened with that early church <laughs> is you had a growth away from this biblical I knew I touched a nerve with bib- you. Bib- bib- biblical concept, and that's <laughs> why I say Mark. the Re- Reformation was so important. Gotta love that, Mark. <laughs> uh, now, here's a question for you. Um, early on, we mentioned the word multiculturalism, and um, I'm inclined to think that there's some good aspects to that word and uh, also some bad aspects. Can we? Um, I know this will span across our break. Can we start talking about the word multiculturalism? What does it mean? What is the good? What is the bad? There are two things I have in mind when I hear the word multiculturalism. First of all, in one sense, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were created in the image of God, every last person. And uh, we must value that, no matter where we find it, in the entire world. Uh, In that sense, we have to also honor people and respect them, regardless of their culture to some extent. Now, there may be things in that culture I have to reject, uh, but nonetheless, I respect the people and respect their general culture. On the other hand, uh, multiculturalism can be used as a, a way to gain leverage and advantage, and I think that's what's happening presently in America. Uh, multiculturalism today, as understood by our uh, many of our secular elites, is actually an attack on Christianity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to talk about this. But it is a way to deny the history and culture of this country and to suppress it and actually to introduce things uh, into it that are not only antithetical to Christianity, but that would do harm to the future of this country. Mm-hmm. So multiculturalism, as the way it's understood and employed today, is, is in my opinion, and I hope this doesn't sound too harsh to our listeners, but I think it's, it's true, is that it's being used – uh, as a way to suppress traditional Christian culture. Right. Now, uh, hold that thought. I see we're up against a break here. Today you're listening to A Plain Answer on Redeemer Broadcasting, and we're talking about culture. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. We're talking about culture. It's a big topic for sure. And prior to the break, we started um, talking a little bit about multiculturalism and um, the good and the bad. Um, I would uh, just quickly say that the good is when it's interpreted through Christian lenses. And that's when uh, we can appreciate other cultures, uh, we can affirm them, um, but not get dragged into areas that would be antithetical to the Christian faith. And I think that's the key distinction here. I mean, you guys and I, we all know that we've been to various churches where there's actually a variety of people uh, attending the church, and I find it very refreshing when, um, as a center to everything is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, his person, uh, the truth of Christ, is what binds people together and brings us together as one. And, you know, I, I think those who who want to um, pursue a, a, um, a bad multiculturalism, if they could just see the good that comes out of um, the freedom of Christ, right, well, and the oneness of Christ, that's really what they're seeking for, and yet they're going about it the wrong way. Yeah, that's multiculturalism at its best uh, when you have that. But I think what's happened with a lot of the multiculturalism today is you have a turning of where, in terms of the multiculturalism, where they're trying to say that every culture is just as good as any other culture. Mm-hmm. It also ties in with a redefinition of the term tolerance. We, we used to say uh, you know, I will tolerate this. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. It's it's really not a good practice, but I will tolerate it. Mm-hmm. You know, but now 
toleration means you have to affirm it. For example, uh, the sexual mores in our society. We've come to an area where, you know, living together before marriage is accepted and, and everything, and we are now said to be intolerant if we stand up and say that that is wrong. Correct. Now, that's that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, societies, if when they build, or people when they build culture, uh, obviously some build better than others. Mm-hmm. Some build in a crooked way, and some build in a more straight way. And cultures are not equal. Uh, They are equal in the sense that all are created in the image of God and to be valued. But not all of the aspects of the way people build their secondary environment is to be accepted. A society or a culture which sacrifices its children to the crocodile because uh, they fear the demons is not as good a way as you take care of those child from infancy, right, right. from conception even, and protect the child in the womb. That's obviously a much more humane and godly way to build. So they're not all equal. Uh, this does come down a lot to sexual practices and so forth, uh, the way one living together uh, outside of the bond of marriage, uh, Christians have of course, based on Scripture, have, have disapproved of this. Yeah. And uh, many other practices that go by today under the name of freedom. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, it's it's obvious that cultures are not equal. Some yeah. are able to provide their citizens with great benefits, and in some cultures around the world, they can hardly eke out a living. That's right. I remember, Mark, you have mentioned before in the context of Christian missions yes, and going into uh, – uh, what we might call a primitive culture, uh, some of the anthropologists I think you were mentioning want to preserve all of the characteristics of that primitive culture, even if yeah. they go against Christian values. Yeah, and and I think Christian missionaries have gotten a bad rap in, in this sense, too, because a lot of people, and there has been some of this, where Christians have tried to "Quote unquote Westernize oh, sure. the cultures of these people, but no, that's not the focus. And I want to give no. an example of that. In one of the the situations, there was a, a tribe uh, that was being dealt with, and this tribe had a a coming of age ceremony for a, a young girl when she started to mature. And the coming of age ceremony, and I, I won't get into all the detail. But the upshot of it was the last thing they did was they tied her to a post and they beat her with sticks. You know, that was the culmination of this big celebration, which took days. Mm -hmm. They beat her with sticks. The men of the the elders of the tribe beat her with sticks so she would have these permanent scars on her back to remind her of her coming of age. Now, that Mm. sounds horrible, right? Yeah. This tribe became Christian. Did they get rid of that ceremony? No, they didn't. They kept that ceremony, except that at that one time, that last culmination, instead of beating her back so she had scars, the men, the elders, just lay hands on her and prayed for her. Yes. So the culture yeah. was transformed for Church, the better. It was transformed by Christ, and nobody, yeah. the missionary didn't tell them to do this. They did this right. on their own. Well, they, they, they developed through, through Christ That's a it. sense of exactly. humanity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and this is inhumane to to make a person suffer. Yeah. You know, uh, being humane, almost everyone has that standard when they're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. 
And if you just simply, of course, all humaneness has to be Christian in a real sense of the word. But we do have that general standard of decency and humaneness, uh, the way we treat one another. And when there is a culture built in such a way that to abuse people, uh, what I'm amazed is that the women's movement now and all these groups never speak out about the status of women in many of these countries around the world where they're absolutely treated somewhere between a dog and a goat in some cases. Yes, yes. Yeah, this so-called notion of a pristine, primitive culture doesn't mean that it's necessarily good. We've got to get away from that. I think another human need, and we see it all over, is the need for community. Um, even then, the, the phenomenal growth of Facebook. Um, so many people use that. Uh, you got a picture of yourself. you got a picture of your friends. You post on each other's Facebook wall. Uh, I think this is showing the need for community. And now because of, uh, you know, we're, we can hop in our cars, we can live in our communities without even knowing our neighbors, uh, now it's become kind of a substitute for community, uh, Facebook. But um, even mm-hmm. that, it's a poor substitute, isn't it? Uh, I like to see community grow within uh, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think that community does need to, to be there. That used to be the center yes. uh, of, of the community. If you look at the early especially in this country, the uh, when the Puritans came here, um, the meeting house of worship was also the meeting place for every other function. And it was in the center of town. It was. Symbolically. It was right right yeah. in the center, and that's that was the focus. And, of course, the emphasis was also on the family, too. And that's one of the things, you know, we were discussing last week about the intrusion of government. Yes. And as, as John was saying, you have the government trying to stand between the parent and child mm-hmm. that you know uh, the family that, that can't be and it can't you know part of god's culture you, you know when you see god developing the culture it was with the family and then right. with with his church the and family the family is the basic unit of yeah. society uh, we are reading uh, in our book club one of the book clubs we have at westminster we're reading t.s Eliot's uh mm-hmm. works and poems from a christian perspective and he was a christian uh, and he wrote uh, two things, uh, notes on a Christian culture, and then the second part of that little booklet that he has includes some other lectures under the concept of own culture. Uh, but what he says there, that the the family is absolutely crucial to building a culture. The more we give our children over or farm them out for others to do for them yeah. what we should do for our mm-hmm. our own children, the more we are breaking up and denying a basic responsibility that is crucial to our whole way Mm -hmm. of life. You know, the founder said, I don't know which one, Mark, you would know, or maybe Dan, you would know. One of the founders says, when they got the Constitution done, they came out and said, you know, we have given you a democratic republic or a constitution. And um, uh, if you can keep it. it. And furthermore, they went on to say that this presupposes one of them did a moral and religious people. people. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I mean, sounds a lot like John Adams um, mm-hmm. to me. But you you have that kind of, of thing, and you have to have that. And yet, the sad part is we see our government trying to intrude on the family in oh, so yes. many ways, and to separate the family and and to substitute. And also, the moral stances that we have have just totally 
in so many ways disintegrated the family. We've gotten away from the Christian consensus right. that held us together. That's right. Yes. The Judeo-Christian consensus, right. I'll even broaden that. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we've turned in some ways toward a paganism. And uh, who was it said that when people cease to believe in God, they begin to believe in everything. Yeah. So now we have everything, and the government is increasing its authority in every direction with everything, right. and we are destroying ourselves and undermining ourselves. Sometimes parents are um, caused to feel like they're inadequate. Uh, maybe a mother is inclined to, let's do some homeschooling. And people say, you can't do any homeschooling. You only graduated from high school. And uh, they're made to feel very guilty for the decisions they make, and yet they they know their children the best more than anyone else. They know their needs, uh, their weaknesses, their strengths. And what's good for them for lunch? Oh my goodness! Yes, that's right. well, that peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> yeah, that, from last week. Well, that's you know, and that's true. And what you see though is the homeschool kids shine. The homeschool kids very often are the ones who shine. I mean, uh, the spelling bees. I don't know how many, what percentage of them have been homeschooled kids who've won the spelling bees over the past years. It's a much higher percent than the percentage of of homeschoolers that are in the United States. And this is a philosophical thing. We're not just pushing only homeschooling. There's uh, many uh, private schools out there. I think a chapel field down here to our southwest. That's a wonderful Christian school. And, um, or John, Warson Christian Academy, or that one. And John, <laughs> I, I think I think you. I interrupted you. You had mentioned the book club. Now this is marvelous. I mean, yeah. ordinarily you'd have to pay big bucks for something like this. You realize what's what's being offered here for free, and uh, Doctor Vance is teaching it. It's on um, right. T.S. Eliot. What is that on Thursdays? Wednesdays we meet. Wednesdays, and for also for some homeschool uh, yeah. people yeah. to help them out, support them. It's just it's just wonderful. So uh, if you want you get information, the state school, he, yeah, he used to teach it at, at New Paltz. If he, if he went through there, what they would they charge you? They're a few hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, it'd be get very that. expensive. Sure, uh, in so. a private elite school today, the uh, tuition is about fifty two thousand wow. dollars. Wow. Yeah. That's enough to bankrupt any family. <laughs> hey, uh, today we're talking about culture, and I see we're uh, getting short on time already. I want to say that um, if you're interested in culture, and you should be, and I think inherently you are, whether you want to be or not, um, I don't mean this glibly, but, but Jesus Christ is the key to having peace in your life and having this community and culture and relationship that your soul longs for. And we've got two pastors here, and uh, we would love, we would just love to receive your emails, any kind of questions for these two pastors. Uh, just send it to ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. In the next two minutes, maybe just a couple of wrap-up thoughts, gentlemen. The Judeo-Christian culture is the thing that really progress society um and it really has it's been the most humane there's nothing that compares to the judeo-christian culture Mm -hmm. and i think and the interesting thing about the judeo-christian culture is it looks different in a lot of different places you Mm -hmm. go you go to the tribes of south america or, or in africa and it will look different in some ways but at its core Yes. It will be the same. Yes, because because of the way God made us. It's That's at right. Core. Yeah. Uh, there's no place, though, I would remind the listener, there's no place, though, where uh, the kingdom of God is identified with the kingdom of the earth. 
uh, it's a mixture. But what we have had in this country is that uh, the predominant culture has been a Judeo-Christian culture, and it has furnished a great deal of influence upon our public life historically. And we have benefited from that. And mm-hmm. make no mistake, when we switch uh, from this base to another base, my friend, you are not going to see the quality of life yeah. that you've seen in the past. Make no mistake about it. And it starts with this thing we talked about last week. It's really picking up speed with this this uh, mandate on this health care thing. That's right. Yeah. That's and uh, in, a, in a very practical way, uh, thank God we still have the privilege of voting as uh, Christian citizens in this country and voting our consciences that are biblically informed. Well, with that, we are well out of time. This has been A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. A reminder that this entire episode is now up on our website. Please check it out. Our web address is RedeemerBroadcasting.org. That's RedeemerBroadcasting.org. And just look under the heading Programming, that's a pull-down, and then look for A Plain Answer Podcasts. Please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.